babe. Welcome to the She Factor podcast. I'm your host, Tori Ganahl, a millennial woman on my own journey to she and co-founder of She Factor, an on and offline platform for 20-something women craving community, growth, and purpose. Through our book, app, podcast, blog, daily she newsletter, and monthly events, we're here to inspire, encourage, and equip you to create a life you love, a life that you can't wait to jump out of bed and live every single day. She Factor was born out of my own experience as a 20-something, graduating college and having absolutely no idea what came next. And after a couple years of struggling to find balance in my post-grad life, here I am, 25, and realizing that the real world is actually pretty freaking awesome. The road to success, happiness, and community are waiting for you, right here, right now. So let's walk this journey to she together, girl. Join me every week as I dish out all the tips and tricks on living your best life. Grab your favorite cocktail or Starbucks drink and settle in for real, raw, and hilarious conversations as we dive into what makes us, as women, unstoppable. Right, ladies, today's episode is going to be so amazing. And actually, you guys, I'm not even going to say amazing anymore. It's on my list today to switch things up. No longer amazing in my vocab. I realized last week how much I say awesome and amazing in every single episode, like way too much. So we're going to give this a shot. I actually did pull this up earlier just to look and see slang synonym words for awesome and amazing. So they are in front of me and I just didn't even use it right now. The options are dope, lit and fire, which are not great ones. But I think fire is a pretty good example of maybe what this conversation is going to be like. I'm so excited for today. And something you guys told me that you wanted to hear more about on the podcast is purpose and what a loaded word that is. But who better than transformational purpose coach and purpose in life researcher Corey Russin to give us the tea on the topic. And she's also a human design integrator, which I'm stoked to talk about because I've just been dabbling in that lately. So I just have so many questions for you. So welcome, Corey, to the podcast. Thank you so much, Tori. I'm so excited to be here. We cannot wait to just dive into all the things. And I am just so glad that we're able to have this conversation. And it's one that I've been wanting to have on the podcast for a while now. And funny enough, I was actually looking for podcasts last week before we got in contact for the Daily She email because we wrote an email about finding your purpose. And I always add like a little go back and listen to this episode to find out more about it. I literally could not find one episode that we had done solely on purpose. And that just shocks me because it's such a key part of our brand. So divine timing. So glad you're here. And we've got a lot of ground to cover. So Before we dive into the nitty gritty and all the things, how did you even get started in this work one? And it seems so funny to say this out loud, but like, how did you find your purpose and purpose? I'm sure you get that a lot. (laughs) I do. And it's such a good question because I think back to that pivotal moment of like graduating high school for me is like that moment where you're like, okay, what am I going to do? What's, what's my purpose? Where am I going to go? And For me, I thought I had my purpose laid out. Like I thought I knew this is what I'm going to be doing. I wanted to be a clinical psychologist when I graduated from high school. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go get my bachelor's in psychology. And then I'm going to go get my clinical psychology PhD. And then I'm going to have my private practice. And this is, this is the way it's going to be laid out. And as life tends to do, it 
dictates that maybe that's not the right path for you and maybe you should try something else out. And so my path really started there. I went I went and got my my bachelor's in psychology and applied to PhD programs. And I didn't get accepted to a single one right out of of graduating. And I was like, crap, like, what am I going to do? And so ended up going and applying to some master's programs, got accepted into one was like, okay, well, I'll get some research experience, I'll get some internship experience. And They'll get, I'll get in next time. I have a good GPA, like I'll, I'll be able to do this. And so I, I got all the experience. I had internships, I had grad assistantships, I had research experience, graduated with my master's and applied again and was first alternate for one side program to go into clinical psych and all 12 spots got filled wow. and that never happens. I was like, usually say, somebody... like, is that normal? I mean, no. it's funny you bring this up because not too long ago, like back in October, I had somebody else in the podcast as well, strangely enough, also from New York. And she had said the same thing. She was like, it was my life goal to go into clinical psychology didn't get into a program. So then she ended up kind of the same route doing the research, hated the research. So then she ended up taking a sales job and then going into coaching. So it's just like kind of bizarre how same thing with her. She's like, I feel like that never happens, but it happened to me too. Yep. It was so strange because usually, and even the program said, normally one of the people we offer a spot to chooses a different program and none of them did. And so I was like, okay, I'm back home. What am I going to do? And I ended up working for a nonprofit. I was helping students re-enroll in higher education. So students who had left college, helping them come back and finish their degree. And I really enjoyed doing that. Like I loved working one-on-one with the the people that I got to help. And I was seeing a real change because I was the only person in the whole two counties I was serving that was doing this work. It was a brand new program. So I was excited. I was on the forefront of it. And then the university that is in my my town ended up starting a similar program and recruited me to work for that program. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm starting in like, it's a whole new program. I get to help run it. And my boss is actually the one who pushed me to apply for my PhD at the university in a program called Community Research and Action. So I applied for that and got in and was super excited. And I thought at the time that my path was going to be working with student success, that I'd be like a higher education administrator, that I'd be doing student success work and leading the foreground on that. And right about a year into my PhD program, I ended up getting diagnosed with disease. And it was a really roundabout way. It was a strange like process, which is a whole other story. But I have a friend going through all of that right now. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. probably listening. So (laughs) hello. (laughs) Um, But it is I mean, the process of it is just psycho. Mm-hmm. And I was misdiagnosed. I was like, I was, I was told I had HPV. I was told I had all like all these different things wow. and was given medical procedures that just, it forced me to, when I got that diagnosis and I was told at 25, like you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. The experiences I had leading up to that made me question it. And my, my intuition was like, this isn't the truth for you. Like find, find a different way. And so I ended up finding two different network marketing companies that 
I really like their products were something that I thought could help and dove into to those. And the second one that I dove into was kind of my initiation into the online business world. It was like, oh, there's people working online, doing doing their own thing and completely thriving off of it. So through that process, I ended up starting to like coach the women that I was talking to about that business. And what I realized was I really didn't like I use the products to this day. They've they've like I'm not an anti-inflammatory medication anymore. Wow. I like they've helped me a ton, but I didn't enjoy that business. Like I didn't enjoy network marketing itself for me, but I loved coaching the women that I was working with and helping them through limiting beliefs and and helping guide them. And so it was back in April of last year, the network marketing business I had been in kind of fell apart. Like the structure that it had been built on was no longer working. And I had a choice, like, am I going to follow this method that I don't see as something that has viability to continue? Or am I going to use the knowledge that I was gaining? Because I was still in my PhD program, I was, I had shifted my focus. So I was starting to research purpose in life and trying to understand that. And I had also learned about human design a year before that. So my practice in that was was building and I was like, I actually really just want to work with women and and help them understand their purpose and develop that. And, And to know that it's not something that they have to just find, that it's something that it can be developed because I thought I knew what my purpose was and it wasn't that. And so that's kind of how I got there was like my floor kind of fell out from underneath me in April of last year. And then it was like, okay, I have a choice of how I'm going to move forward. And that's kind of how it all came together was like, I was, oh, my PhD connects to like this human design piece and I can mold these together and create this new understanding that's actually way simpler than what we've been taught is the truth. I have so many things to say. Okay. First of all, yes. How, I mean, the universe just always has a weird way of knocking us off our feet and teaching us and showing us just right in front of our face. I feel like what is meant to happen and what we're meant to do in this life. And the same thing happened to me. And I am so grateful for it, but man, it it does get you low first before you come up to the highs. And also props to you for, you know, our slogan. And I know you've listened to the podcast a little bit and you know a little bit about She Factor as well, but, you know, creating a life you love. I mean, you really took all the pieces of your life and created something for yourself, which is so amazing. So good job on that. I mean, I feel like it's really hard to understand that so early on in life. And obviously that's the premise of She Factors because who teaches you that? And so that's kind of my next question is how were you raised? Like, were you raised like super open where like purpose was a word that you used and that was kind of like a general concept or like, did you have to figure out what that was and like what purpose even meant and what even is your purpose? That's a great question. I've never been asked that question before. I was raised, I mean, I was raised by two middle class people. My my mom and dad both had associate's degrees and both were in marketing and advertising and more like the art world. And when my sister was born, my sister's three years younger than me, my mom actually started cleaning houses and selling Avon. She was the Avon lady. And my, my dad has always been at like an energy company, like nothing fancy does like them 
communications and PR and stuff for, for that organization. And it was definitely something like we wouldn't talk about purpose. And I, I watched my parents, my mom did what she could to make sure that she was home with us. And that was what was important to her was making sure that if one of us was sick, we didn't have to be taken care of by somebody else that she would, she would bring us along to where she was going to clean a house or we could stay at home when we got a little older. And so it wasn't, it wasn't in my vocabulary. I think I've always been a very introspective kid in a lot of ways. I was writing poetry when I was 10, 11, like, and that was my way of expressing things. And I think something within me kind of just knew I was, I was always digging for something deeper. To go off that, I was the same exact way. I've always kind of considered myself a very old soul. Like I always Mm -hmm. like to hang out with the parents and the grandparents. And even to this day, I would much rather spend a night with my grandparents and talking about life than, you know, going out to a bar and partying with 20 somethings. Like it's just who I am. I mean, I was raised by a single mom who's an entrepreneur. So that's that's kind of why I asked you that question is purpose and passion were always like very much at the front of my vocabulary being raised by a single mom and one that was especially an entrepreneur starting her own passion project and sitting in meetings and, you know, leadership calls and learning what a UFOC was by the time I was 10. And so I, I feel like sometimes when you are so in tune with that, you're either one of two ways. You're either, you know, you figure it out for yourself and it's just you watch the grind of your parents and you want to develop a life bigger for yourself off of that or the opposite where you've seen it happen in front of your eyes. But there's kind of this middle ground, this gray area where I'd say probably the large majority of people in their 20s just have no freaking clue what a purpose, what the purpose is even referring to or what it is. Yeah. And I think too, like my parents were always very encouraging that I could do whatever I put my mind to. They never, it was never limiting. It was never that I I couldn't do something. We didn't have the conversations of what that, that necessarily necessarily looked like they just kind of were like okay cool Corey like that's that's the thing you're interested in now you can you can do that they've they've just never been limiting I think is yeah. the key thing and I think so many of us grow up in in households where that is a thing where we're, we're told to be realistic or we're told at a certain age that okay that dream that you had when you were eight isn't cute anymore <laughs> like you're not gonna be able to do that and so just having my parents not limit what I was capable of of doing, I think was very helpful in, in shaping how I moved forward in my life. Yeah, for sure. Same for me. I think just watching my mom be her and shoot for the stars, there was really no other option other than to go after what I wanted, which was a blessing, huge blessing. But I guess before we get into kind of the nitty gritty, and I want to talk more about what you've learned in your research and how you've become who you are and all the things, but what in your opinion is purpose anyways? Like what is it in the first place? And I I actually want to pull this back even to the episode, very first episode of the year we had with Britt Carmichael. If anyone listened to it, she said, everyone has the same purpose. And I thought that was a little controversial. Like I was like, oh, I've never heard that said before. I've always thought we had individual purpose, but you know, people wanted to hear this topic because I I think that people really don't really know what it is in the first place. So tell us more of what is purpose and, and maybe your thoughts on everything I just said that I just rambled at you. Absolutely. So 
Purpose for me, I I look at it, I call it the purpose formula. So it's essentially your unique gifts plus the experiences, lived experiences and education that you've had equal the impact that you can make in the world. And it's that simple is like, what impact can you make? And it doesn't matter what the, the quote unquote size of that impact is. It's what you're being led to and how you'll make your mark. And I also look at this too, in my research and some of the more up and coming research on purpose in life, it's looking at the function of purpose, like looking at purpose, not as this esoteric thing to aspire to, but as a tool that you can use. My dissertation, what I'm working on is how is purpose, how can that impact stress reactivity? So how does, how can purpose be used as a tool to reduce stress? So you're not going into these high highs and low lows. You're able to come back to this sense of calm, this middle space where you're not like reacting up and down. And so I look at it to those two kind of ways. It's like that formula, but then also why would you actually aspire to have that sense of purpose? It's because of that function. And when I'm looking at it from from like my more spiritual work as well. It's when you're in that calm and that middle space, you're able to listen to your intuition and able to listen to what life is asking of you in the moment instead of getting caught up in like the really high highs of like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever or these low lows of like, things are never gonna work out for me. So I look at it in those two different ways of like that formula and then as a tool to reduce stress reactivity in your life. You're just leaving me with so many thoughts. I feel like every time you stop talking, I'm like, oh my God, I have so many things I want to ask you and say. And usually I'm not like that on podcasts, but have you read Untamed by Glennon Doyle yet? Yes. It's so good. I haven't finished it yet. And that's on my Mexico list to finish the book, but I actually left it on a plane. I'm so sad. So I have to get a new one, like find where I was. But she talks about going into her closet and that was how she got in touch with her intuition and like finding that voice. So she literally just like went into her closet because that's the only place she could meditate or quote unquote meditate. She's like, I didn't even know what that meant at this point and how that was the only place that she could hear the voice and learning to get in touch with that voice outside of the closet, like what that looked like. Turns out that was probably a big metaphor for her. Obviously, she ends up marrying a woman later on, but it's it's so important. I think we oftentimes don't even have that quiet time to listen, especially Mm -hmm. in today's day and age of just busyness. And I think coming to my mind right now, like maybe that's why people don't even know what purpose is because they're not even taking the time to get quiet and listen to who they are. Yeah. And funny because like, that's why I've combined human design and those aspects into to the work that I do is because it gives you those breadcrumbs because your strategy and authority in human design, it's basically what your intuition sounds like or how it feels in your body. And so I use that to be like, okay, this is kind of how this is supposed to work within you. Now let's figure out ways to tap into that so we can create a sense of calm and reflection so that you can connect back in and start to follow the breadcrumbs of where, where life is leading you because that's ultimately how you, you develop your purpose. I could have been your poster child, like follow me along. I could have been your case study for your dissertation because that was literally what I came back to when I was in my job that I was miserable in two years ago. You know, my mom's the one that led me through this practice, but through mind mapping and vision boarding and figuring out, have you also read, while I'm asking you about all these books, they're just popping into my mind. Have you read Designing Your Life? I haven't. Okay. You 1000% need to go read that book. It's written by two Stanford product designers. And then they're also professors that teach product design at Stanford. They used to work at Apple, but they teach 
how you can design your life and find your purpose and figure out what your flow and your niche is through basically product design, which is really interesting. But I read that book in the in the lowest moments and even just doing the work of figuring out what your gifts are. I love that you compared. I mean, obviously there's the two, the formula and then the other way that you looked at it. But when you think about it, they're kind of similar in the fact that like you're coming back to that gift, like your gifts of what you're good at and what gives you that flow and what brings you that happiness and that joy. Those are your gifts. And I was so out of touch with my gifts at that time that doing this designing your life and going through and realizing like what times of the day I was most energized and enthusiastic and excited about the work I was doing. And then realizing when I was feeling really drained and bored and exhausted and just not into it, I could then focus more on those tasks that made me feel energized, that made me feel in touch with my purpose. And even though I was miserable in my job, kind of what you were saying, I could come back to that calm space of saying, okay, like I can do this. Like this is my gift. This is what I'm here for. Even if I'm not in the right place doing it, like I can use it to calm myself in this moment. But that makes perfect sense because you're you're kind of even though you're in a space where you didn't want to be there but coming back to like how can I actually utilize these things that are what I enjoy or are what I I'm meant to like be doing in this life how can I use them while I'm here and that's what I like I tell my clients that all the time of like I know that you're in a job that you dislike right now well, we can either find a bridge job where you can kind of use some of those gifts until you get to where you really want to be. Or we can find a space right now if you're not like completely drained and miserable, find ways to utilize what you're you're good at now and then kind of create that space so that you have the ability to, to see when an action can be taken that will lead you towards that next step. Yeah. Wow. That's so true because just like you said, I mean, I don't think I would have been able to realize it had I not done that whole process before. Like I wouldn't have even seen She Factor as an opportunity in front of me and even fathomed working with my mom at that point had I not known what I was really called to do. So yep, spot on. Love that. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk human design too, because I honestly, human design was a buzzword for me about two months ago. And until I joined, I joined the Almost 30 Podcast Accelerator. I don't know if you ever listened to their podcast, but um, they're amazing. (laughs) So I got to be mentored by them and they've, oh, I just, I adore them. And it was such an amazing program, but like everyone in the program was talking about human design. I was like, what the hell is human design and why I've not heard of it? And there was like three gals that, that their podcasts were centered around that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, Krista and Lindsay were talking about it constantly on their podcast. And I was like, how have I not heard of this? So I hope I'm not the only one. I hope that there's some people listening where they're like, I don't know what it is either. So first of all, what is it? You know, I kind of feel like it's this like hip new thing, like I said, that everyone's talking about, but give us the tea. Like it's so complicated. So like, how do you break it down and like give us the basics? So human design is essentially a method of understanding. So it's it sheds light on your psychological, your behavioral, and your energetic makeup. And I look at it just as a self-awareness tool. It, it helps you provide information on like how you work, your decision-making process. There's so many layers to it. There's so but many. really like, yeah, I mean, you can go down a rabbit hole, which is like where I'm at. I'm, I love that. But for, for the person who doesn't want to do <laughs> the deep dive that like I want to nerd out on, it's more of like, you're looking at your type. So you can think of your type as almost like the, the role that you're here to play in a community. So like if, 
the five different types were to go out and like build a build a, a town together. The manifestors are going to be the developers, the people who are like painting the vision. The projectors are going to be the architects. They're the ones who kind of like draw it all out. And then they're the guides or the, the people who kind of supervise what's going on. The generators are... And the manifesting generators are both builders. I'm a manifesting generator. That's me. <laughs> and nobody can move as fast as a manifesting generator, just going to say. But so you're meant to like create in like these fast paced ways, whereas a generator is meant to like be more focusing on one thing and, and slowly mastering something. Oh, yeah. I move and around then... a lot. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. And then the reflectors are going to be like the interior designers of the, the community. And so all of us have our role to play and our part to play. And then it gets more specific with your, your strategy and your authority. If you know nothing else, your type, your strategy, authority, that's what you need to know in order to really develop your purpose. All the extra stuff is like the whipped cream and the cherry <laughs> on top. Your, your strategy is going to be it's like your green light. So authority is more your sense of your intuition. It's the like what your intuition feels like for you in your body and how you know that something is for you. And so I, I think of it like this. If your authority is like you're revving up the engine of your car, so you're getting ready to go on a journey, and then your strategy is the green light that says that there's no more obstacles in your path and you're ready to go. Ooh, I like that. Well, I like all of these analogies. I haven't even heard, maybe that's common language, but even like the you all live in a town together and this is your different role. I really love that analogy. I think it simplifies it so much because even the words that they use, obviously there's a purpose to them, but, you know, manifesting generator and generator and projector, like they seem a little bit woo woo and like over the top, mm -hmm. I'm sure for some people that are like, oh my gosh, what, what is this? But that simplifies it so much. So thank you for using that. I love that. You're welcome. I can't take credit for it. My, one of my mentors, Tiffany Purdy, who is her Instagram handle just changed to your new paradigm biz bestie, I believe. New paradigm biz bestie. I'll look it up. Um, I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. She, she's the one who's like put that together. And, but I use that all the time because it is kind of esoteric. Like it's kind of, because human design is a combination of like ancient observational systems. So it's astrology and the I Ching and the Kabbalistic tree of life and the Hindu Brahmin chakras. And so, and plus a little quantum mechanics and astronomy and genetics and biochemistry all kind of mixed all the in things. there. All the things. But what I love about it is it's it's not, it's just a method of understanding. It's, it's so research-based for me that like the fact that I'm getting my research PhD, like I, that's what I want to nerd out about. So that, but that's what I like to do is make it understandable. I'm actually creating, this is like a tidbit of information, Ooh. but I I'm creating a, a human design, like adventure book, almost like Fun. I think of like the Oregon trail for like you're oh, picking, yeah. picking your soul adventure. We have talked about the Oregon Trail on this podcast so many times, so randomly. So it's so funny you brought that up. But I I love that idea. You'll have to yeah, keep me in so, the loop and maybe we can include that in She Factor somehow. Yeah, I will let you know when it's out. It's something I'm I'm working on now, but it was something where I was like, I was making human design reports for people and it was individualized, but then people wanted to know like pieces about their partner or about the, their child. And I was like, well, if I just put this all together in like one spot, instead of having to search the internet for everything, then that would be way easier. Yeah. So that, that I totally agree though. Like when you're hearing them, it can feel very esoteric. And like the 
the lines and stuff for your profile are things like opportunist and heretic and hermit and they don't feel good. So I really tried. I tried for like I gave I gave myself 30 minutes to an hour just trying to understand my chart, like trying to understand my results. And I gave up because I was like, I it's so all over the Mm -hmm. like it was like mostly because the language I think that I do understand why you're supposed to get your chart read. Like it's a thing that you're supposed to work with someone who actually knows it because I had no idea what I was doing. And that's what I wanted. I like, I wanted to make it more accessible. So you don't have to get your chart read. You can have a resource where you're just like, oh, okay, like I've followed this. And and it's not so, I don't want the verbiage to be demeaning. Like I want you to feel like the power's in your hands and oh, like my, I'm a heretic, whatever. Like, (laughs) no, I don't want to be that. So this is meant to help to shift and change that really the whole reason why we added the silhouettes to the she factor method that we created because even when you look at you know this month we're talking about self-growth tools for example within within future like you have to really know a lot about yourself and do that work in order to create a really clear vision for your future but the problem is it's like all the tools that are out there it's like I'm never going to remember my anagram number. I'm never going to remember my strengths and my strength finder and my disc letters. Like it's like gibberish all over the place. And there was nothing that you could just like step into like, this is who I am. This is my power. Like I resonate with it. Like this is me. These are my strengths. And so that was a huge part of developing She Factor was like, how can we develop a way for women to really get to know who they are without it feeling so distant and daunting and like, I'm never going to remember this. So, you know, I love that you're doing that too, because I think that even in just knowing the little that I do about human design, I feel like, you know, you have these personality tests, like that's kind of one aspect of self-growth, like self-awareness. You have astrology, I feel like is another big Mm -hmm. one. Also very like hard to remember and deep dive and like who even knows what's going on half the time mercury and retrograde is all anyone ever knows and then human design is like this really cool modern combination of all of these tools but it's still i feel like a little bit at its forefront like you know astrology is like i feel like people think it's so woo woo like it's so out there Mm -hmm. like you really have to be like okay i believe in the stars and the planets and the way it all comes together and like the zodiac signs and like your horoscope and all these things but human design is really much more realistic and like to the point and I feel like much more just modern is the word that comes to my mind like it feels much more relatable yeah and what I loved about it was like I mean human design uses some astrology but it's it's like it took all of these pieces and kind of connected the dots between them because like the I Ching provides amazing information to to us so does Kabbalism so does the chakras like it but it took all of it and like synthesized it so it brought it all together and and that's the thing is I I've never had a conversation with someone and talked through their design with them. And they're like, no, that's not me. Like, it's never been that way when I've like sat with somebody and explained what some of it is, because sometimes you're like, I don't want to recognize myself in that, but it's, but it's just the verbiage. It's the way that it is. It's explained. So that's what I love about human design is it feels like for someone who is very deeply entrenched in like the education academic world, as well as, I mean, I'm all like, I teach about astrology. I teach about numerology. I use them both, both in my, my work with, with people, because I want to give people the tools they need to understand themselves in a way they want. But human design for me has been my main focus because it it feels the most familiar because of my academic background. Yeah, 
No. And I've never heard it in that sense of like it taking all of those different tools and combining them like that is so awesome. And it makes sense now that I see it. But can you talk a little bit more like, okay, so we just talked about this in a general sense. You know, right now we're talking about all of these different tools that can come together. They're all really essentially about self-growth, self-awareness. And first of all, I'm very curious just because I know you took the silhouette test and you got your result, which is a director. And I always just love asking like how that process was for you and were you surprised? Because even just talking about what you were just saying, like some people have masking, some people don't think it's right. So I always mm-hmm. like to ask and just a slight plug to everyone, the test is now available on our website. So you don't have to go through the app. So it's so much more accessible than it was before. So if you haven't taken it, go take it. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts. It made so much sense to me because when I got that result, so just for anybody who does know human design, like I'm a manifester in human design. Like I am meant, I'm not meant to fit in. I'm not meant to like, I'm here to like make an impact in the world. And I'm here to like do it in my own style and really not be asked or told what to do. And that's just kind of I'm leaning so much more into that as I understand how that looks and how to how to use that energy because I think for a lot of my life I was very submissive and very like I I kind of not that I let people walk all over me but in some respects I did and so getting that director I was like oh yeah like <laughs> that's exactly who I'm leaning into of like I I'm I'm leading this path. I'm forging this path. I'm I'm creating something that I I'm going to need help building. Going to need help like bring bringing this community together. And so I, it resonated so much with me. It's so funny you say that. Just even that sense of before you know you were a little submissive, and now you're able to step into that power. It was kind of the opposite for me. Like I was told my whole life that I was like a director, that I was creative, that I I was very like project oriented, that I was going to be like kind of this leader in a sense, but I never really did fit in kind of the same thing. And I everyone in my life kind of treated me in that sense. And I think also having an entrepreneur as a mom, like that was kind of the expectation. And she's a dreamer, which is kind of like, I feel like a director and a dreamer. It's like the, the dreamers a little bit like over everything goes over everyone's head. They're like talking about all these ideas like it's all over the place. Whereas a, di- a director is like, I love to create and I love to dream big, but I like it to be very strategic and like mm-hmm. to like I know what I want to do. And like dreamers just kind of like, boom, like all these ideas. But I didn't feel like I fit into either of those. And I was like, obviously, I didn't know when I was younger what the silhouettes were. But even in all the the tests that I was doing, like I couldn't figure it out. And when I got guardian as a result honestly my mom and I were both blown away we're like that's not like you're not a guardian and the data scientist the person that we were working with to build the test was like no she is a guardian like she answered all the questions through T I took the test like five times because I was the guinea pig to the process and the more I dug into it and the more I realized no I love supporting people like I love being that server and I have so much motivation to like be told that I'm doing something good for them and like get that the affirmation and you can still be a leader in the sense of like you don't have to be a doctor or nurse or you know someone in that support role to be in the guardian you know silhouette and so that was kind of it was hard for me to really initially stick into but once I did it was like this whole new world opened up for me it was like oh my gosh like I can finally be who I was meant to be and like be good at what I was meant to be good at use all my gifts Mm -hmm. and it was amazing yeah and I think that's the role of all of these systems is like it should feel validating it should be something that you you learn about and you're like oh that's that's why I am this way and not as like a 
Because I do see people utilize like astrology and things like this of like, I'm this. And so I only do things this way. Like not like that, but in a way where it's like, oh, that's why when I try to do things this way, things don't pan out Mm. well, because I'm not meant to do things that way. I'm meant to be doing in this way. And this feels so much better. Yes. Amen, sister. That was like (laughs) everything you just said. Yes. And that you actually kind of stole the words out of my mouth for my next question. So good job leading into that. How do we use, how do you use all of these tools? Like what you kind of said, like, it's really about validating who you are and finding out who that, who you are. But like, how do you use these tools like human design or your silhouette or astrology or whatever it is to then take it to the next level and like actually use it in your life? So the way that I teach essentially is the first step is creating this awareness. So you need this awareness of who you are, what are your gifts, what's your education that you, you're you bringing to the table, what's your experiences. And I don't mean education is like, I have a PhD and whatever, like it's, it's the like education you've learned from from those experiences. What are the takeaways? What are the things you've, you've garnered throughout your life? What is, what's your... What's the thing you love studying all on your own? Like all of those things. Yeah, we always say like the key foundation of the silhouette is like what motivates you? Like what mm-hmm. gets you excited to jump out of bed every day? Like what is that thing? Yeah, exactly. And so you're taking this this stage where you're just building awareness around those things, as well as like what limiting beliefs or blocks are coming up for you? What are the things that keep you stuck? What are the things that are, do you have a tendency to compare yourself to other people? Is there like what and asking yourself why? Like the practice I always give my clients is like, I want you to ask yourself why as much as you can ask yourself it. Because if you can ask, why do I feel this way? And then you get an answer for that. And then ask, why do I feel that way? And get to the root of like, what is that thing that is keeping you from taking the action that you know, like, you know, in your your heart you want to take. And so creating those two pieces of awareness comes first of the things that maybe are holding you back. And then the things that are innately your gifts, the things that make you you. And then the next stage is building a foundation, a new foundation. So looking at, I almost look at it like you're auditing your life in a way. What are the things that feel good? What are the things that don't feel good? What are the things that move me forward? And I start with what are your morning routine and your evening routine? Like, how are you starting your day? How are you ending it? And doing simple things like that because when you've learned, like I always, clients that I work with have their strategy and authority. So I'm like, okay, you know what your intuition is supposed to like feel like in your body. Now let's test this out. Does this feel like something that feels good in the morning? Yes or no. And like tap into like, what, what is it that's, that's going to propel you forward? So doing that audit and figuring out like what would feel good. What are, what's this new foundation I'm building now on this awareness of who I am. And then that third stage is all maintenance tools. So what accountability do I need? What needs to happen to make sure that I don't fall back into these old patterns? Or if I start to, that I can pull myself back out. And so it's those three stages of just awareness and then build a new foundation and then maintenance tools. And I make it really simple because I think the more complicated we make it, the harder it is. And it, it's not hard. It's coming back to, to who we are and what we need. Yeah, Gosh, so many things, like I said, just coming up to my mind and all of this. And, you know, like I said, I'm a manifesting generator and 
something you mentioned morning routine and I've been trying to develop a morning routine for God, I don't know, the last two years, as long as I've been really like in all of this, like learning about who I am and what that looks like in my life and routines, like a lot of structure just in general. Like, I think that's part of the reason why I was so miserable in my last job. It was like, wake up, go to Orange Theory in the morning at 5 a.m., go to work at 7.30, have 20 meetings that day, come home, make dinner, go to bed. It was like, it was so much structure. And Mm -hmm. now that I, I haven't done that much research in the human design, but from what I do know, I need to create and I need to like have that freedom and I need to be able to like go with the flow. And when I'm feeling like super creative or maybe when I'm crashing, like I need to just have that time to like be by myself and do it, do what I want. And something that's been really funny almost, it's not really funny, but it kind of is, is my most creative time is in the middle of the night. Like it just always is. And so I'd say there's probably consistently one or two days a week where I not necessarily pull complete all nighter. Sometimes I do. And I go all in and I love it. Like I get so much done. I'm in my creative flow. Like it's who I am. And like, it wasn't until I learned about human design where I was like, okay, it's okay that I'm like that. Like everyone is telling me that like, this is so unhealthy. Like how, why are you doing this? And I'm like, no, I'm like, I have more energy the next day than I would if I would have gotten 12 hours of sleep. Like I feel like my best self. And it was so It was such a relief to hear like, no, that's actually who you are. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. (laughs) And that's so funny. Like, there's so many things that I'm like, oh my gosh, Tori, I want to look up your chart because there's like pieces of that, that even just like not all manifesting generators might work like that. And there's pieces of your, your specific chart that probably indicate, like, I know for myself, knowing like my energy, if I look at my chart, I have a lot of receptive energy. It's a lot of feminine energy going on in there. And so for me, there's one piece that is structured. So I do have some, like some focused energy where it's like this, I can strategize in some ways, but like a lot of mine's very flowy. So like for me, I know when I'm hiring a mentor or a coach, I want somebody who's very focused, very strategy oriented. And so they can kind of help me lay out some of that. But you like what you were saying, so key of like, not everything works the same way for all of us. And you might thrive in the middle of the night. I would die. Like (laughs) I, I, I'm the person who's in bed at like 10 PM, but I like to wake up early. So for me, like I would rather wake up at six and like do my little routine. And then I would, I would be like doing calls earlier in the morning at like nighttime. If I don't take calls after 6 p.m. because I know I'm going to crash and burn. Mm -hmm. So it's so amazing what this can do because it validates like you can do the way that works best for you. I can do it the way that works best for me. Neither of those is healthier. It's what's healthy for each of us, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's so interesting. I I definitely do need to do like a full reading because I I definitely want to learn more about it. But yeah, I mean, even just having the freedom to know that that's okay and like that's who I am. And I think that's how I felt when I learned my silhouette too. It's like it all of these different things added at a whole nother level. And even the astrology stuff, like learning more about that and like the energies around that, like, you know, some of this stuff, I feel like I like talking about it on the podcast because kind of like what you said, it's it can be so simple, but the outside world makes it so complicated and Mm -hmm. people think it's so woo woo and it's so out there and there's so much to it. And it's just like, why am I even doing this? But it's so, I I can't think of the right word, like revolutionary. And that's like the only thing that's coming to my mind, but it seriously can change the whole trajectory of your life by, by knowing these things, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. It, it changed the whole trajectory of mine 
thousand percent. Jazzes me up talking about it. Like I just did a whole silhouette (laughs) training last week and the end of it, I was like, oh my God, I'm on a high on all this. Like I didn't even realize how much it changed my life until I started teaching it. And that's the beauty of also being a teacher and in this work too, I'm sure as you know, like for me, it's the She Factor method, which is a little bit different. But for you, obviously, there's a lot more research and data and all of the stuff that goes behind it. But teaching it to other people is it opens up a whole nother level of understanding. A hundred percent. So what advice do you have for women who are just starting out in their self-growth journey? Maybe, like I said, all of this stuff seems a little woo-woo to them or a little out there. And they're like, oh, my gosh, everything in this episode just kind of sounded like gibberish. Like, I'm not really sure. Where's the best place to start? So uh, there's four stages that I talk about with purpose development. And so I break them down very, very simply. And so this is what I always tell people. You're always in a stage of purpose development. So don't ever tell me that you don't have a purpose or that you're, you don't, you, it's okay to not know what, what it is, but you're always in a stage of developing it. And so the four stages are curiosity. So what are you curious about? Explore that. Just die. I think of it almost like it's purpose in its infancy. It's just this little spark where you're just like, I'm curious about that. Let me, let me dive a little bit deeper. And I use human design as the example all the time. I was in an airport. I saw like somebody put a podcast about human design in a Facebook group. And I went down a rabbit hole and look where that's led me. So like follow the curiosities that you have. And then the next stage, the second stage is ideas. So from that curiosity, maybe that sparks an idea of like, oh, well, what if I did this? What if I, what if I tried this out? What if I explored this? And for me, that idea was like, what if I started to use this in the way that I, I coach the women that I work with? I, I had shared it with my cousin. She had huge, like, she, she tells me to this day, like just having that conversation with you was life-changing. And so having that spark of an idea of like, oh, maybe I, I, try this out. And I think of this like the toddler stage of like, I'm figuring out kind of like, I have an idea of what I'm going to do. And then the third stage is passion. So you have this curiosity, it turns into an idea, and then it starts to develop into this passion. You you get excited when you share it. And I think of this like the teenager stage, like it's all passion. It's all, <laughs> I'm just so excited about this. And then from that passion, that's how it can kind of turn into a purpose you can articulate. Like I can articulate that my purpose in this life is to help guide other women to develop their own purpose and to tap into who they are and deeply trust themselves. And so that's how that kind of spans into those four stages. And so knowing I'm always in a stage. So what stage am I in? Am I in just articulating like, oh, I'm in the curiosity stage, which just means I just have to explore more. I just have to dive into what I'm curious about. If I'm in that idea stage, okay, how can I take action on this idea? How can I kind of develop this? And then moving through those stages. Yeah. And I mean, even in your last stage and you're, you know, this is, I can articulate, it's like, there's always growth to be had there. Like, what are you going to do with it? I feel like that's probably the most growth that you'll experience in all of those phases. Now that you know it, I feel like I've stepped into this even in the last year. Like everything I'm doing is what I feel like I'm called to do. And I feel like I'm I'm literally living out my purpose. But then it just like, it's like a rabbit hole even from there. You're like, oh, it yeah. just keeps going and going and going and it never ends. Yeah. And that, and I tell people that all the time, like you can always pivot. Like just because I thought that I was in my purpose when I was doing the nonprofit work. And then when I was at the university and I was very passionate about it. And then new information came along a new curiosity came along and I followed that. And so don't feel like you're stuck in 
this one thing because that developed into a purpose. Maybe that was a purpose a for you at a certain time, but that can shift and change. And I think of this too, of like, especially with, with mothers and parents who for a period of your life, like your purpose probably revolves around your kids. But when they leave, what the research finds is that in, in midlife, oftentimes there's a dip in an yeah. individual's sense of purpose because either if you were taking care of kids, your, your kids graduate and they move out or if you were taking care of a parent then that parent passes away and so this this feeling of like I'm living this purposeful life can dip but you can always dive into this new curiosity dive into this new stage because it's just a new chapter in your life so these are stages but they're just they're almost like a cycle of like you going through these and having it it shift and change so never be afraid to pivot in in that journey Amazing. Well, any last parting thoughts for everyone? I think that was an amazing way to end it kind of brings the whole conversation together. But any parting thoughts? And then lastly, where can people find you and learn more about all of this stuff that we've been talking about all day today? Yeah, the last thing I guess I would say is my my greatest joy in the world is just helping people to trust themselves. And so all of the work here is going to be work on trusting that that inner knowing that you have trusting the information that you're learning about yourself and then allowing yourself to trust yourself enough to use it to move yourself forward so all of that work is just really on trusting you and trusting that you have within you all of the answers that you need that nobody else is going to be able to provide those to you but that's a power that's not a weakness and as far as finding me i probably the most easily reachable on my Instagram, which is where I post I post information on all of this stuff all of the time. I I love reels. So you'll see me doing a lot of you need to teach me funny, a thing or two goofy reels. <laughs> um, but my my Instagram handle is at Corey A. Russin. And you can find me on my website as well. It's www.coryarussin.com. And I will link all of that wonderful stuff in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Corey. That was such an incredible conversation even more amazing than I would have ever hoped. See, there I go back to that word amazing because I'm the only thing I can ever think of that makes me feel all lit up inside. But I learned so much. I I know that everyone else is going to learn so much from this. And I'm just so grateful for you and all of this incredible information. I mean, I feel like this was like a book's worth of information could have been. It was awesome. So thank you. Thank you so much, Tori. Thank you for having me on. And I, I can't wait to be able to share it as well. Hey girl, thank you so much for listening to the She Factor podcast. Everything we do here at She Factor is for you to unite, excite, and cheer each other on as we create a life we love together. We'd love for you to rate, review, and share the podcast if this helped you in any way on your journey to She. And you can DM or email us a screenshot of your review for a special treat from Team She. Looking for more than your weekly dose of She Factor? Find us on social media at The She Factor or head to our website, thesheefactor.com to keep up with all the latest trends on our blog, subscribe to our daily She newsletter, RSVP to our next virtual event, and join our She membership for an all-access pass to your virtual girl gang. Follow me at Tori Ganahl for a behind-the-scenes look at all things She and slide into my DMs to share how I can support you on your journey. See you next week.